Hello and welcome to Epic Nitpick. Every week we choose one piece of pop culture and offer our highly uncredentialed take. This week we'll be reviewing Alien Covenant. Welcome to the show. I am Andy and I am joined as always by my beautiful co-host Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Andy. I thought to myself, I'm not stressed enough with stuff to do, so why not make another podcast? So here we are for our premiere episode of The Epic Nitpick. I am so excited to talk about this episode with you, Paul, because you messaged me and said, I really like this movie. And I thought, hmm, I really did not like this movie. (laughs) And I thought, this needs to be put to tape, recording, (laughs) circuit boards, whatever this is. (laughs) And here we are. Every episode, we will be taking one piece of pop culture. This doesn't have to be a movie. It's probably almost definitely most likely going to be a movie most episodes. Could be a music video. Could be an article. Could be a short film. Whatever it is, we're going to pick it apart. We're going to give our review on the topic. We'll have a general section of our overall feelings. And then we're going to dive into the epic nitpick spoiler section where we will get down and dirty with all the details that we loved or hated about whatever piece of pop culture we have chosen. So today we're doing Alien Covenant. I guess I'll start off. As as Andy already spoiled, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fun. I did not think it was the best movie in the world, but I thought it was good. I thought it was better than its predecessor, Prometheus. And I went into this movie not actually having seen any of the other Alien movies. I have since seen Alien and Half of Aliens, which we can get into later about why I only saw half of it. Was it too scary? No, it was too long. (laughs) (laughs) Too epic. Too epic. I sat, I guess I'll spoil it now. I sat down, uh, I was at my friend's house and I sat down and said, we're going to watch Aliens. And we're like, yeah. And when we finally got around to watching it, it was about nine o'clock. One of my friends has the entire Alien series on VHS tape. He took it out. I looked at the box and I saw, I was like, I wonder how long this movie is. And it was two hours and 34 minutes. And I said, nope. Nope. Because I'm a sleepy boy and I need my sleep. So I stopped it about halfway through. So I'm halfway through Aliens. People will soon learn that Paul is not a fan of anything over 80 minutes long. <laughs> so what were your general feelings about Alien Covenant? Well, I think this is going to be interesting because I am a huge fan of the Alien franchise. Some of them I haven't seen in quite a while. I did brush up. I actually watched Alien this morning to prepare for this review. So... I went in and I was excited. I was like, Ridley Scott's back in this franchise and he's like doing his thing and this is going to be really cool. And the film started out and I was in it. I really liked it. I want to say the first 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so, I thought was really good. I didn't think it was quite as good as like the original Alien and Aliens, but I was on board and there was kind of that nice slow pacing, not as slow as the original Alien again, but it was nice slow pacing really dramatic buildup. There was these moments where I was just kind of like shaking in my seat and like (laughs) clapping my hands quietly to myself. And I was like, this is so exciting. And, and then the movie takes a severe left turn about 40, 45 minutes in Paul. This is when like the first nighttime scene happens to, to keep it spoiler free. That's when the film like severely went downhill, started focusing on something else. It felt like the film didn't know what it really wanted to be. And it wasn't focusing on the things that made Alien and Aliens and even the other sequels interesting to me. 
And so that was just kind of a disappointment because I, you know, 40 minutes in, I was just like solidly on board and I was loving this thing entirely. And, and then it just, it just lost me. There, there was <laughs> things to enjoy throughout the rest of the film. There was some interesting action though, where the film went with that left turn. It, I guess it was asking interesting questions, but essentially, you know, this is a sequel to alien. And so the Prometheus and alien covenant, and apparently there's at least two more alien films by Ridley Scott coming on the way to fill in the gaps between alien covenant and alien, which I don't really feel like we need, but I'm, (laughs) I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they will do something interesting with these things. But to me, this is the problem with so many remakes and prequels that happen now is these people are remaking films. I I think especially with like horror films and they're like, well, if we're going to redo this, we have to have some new fresh angle, some hot take on this. And almost always, I would say 95% of the time, the hot, fresh new take is let's explain the hell out of the origin of whatever the monster or serial killer is in this film and what made so many of those monsters like Michael Myers and, and Leatherface back in the day so scary and mysterious was that there like wasn't really a reason. You know what I'm saying, Paul? Yeah. They said, let's make four movies to explain the origin of the aliens. And, yeah. And having just watched Alien, the first one, I was actually I was actually I don't know why I didn't assume this, but I was super surprised and, and I kinda like got a little giddy when, for instance, like you saw the the alien spaceship that's the same spaceship that the engineers are flying in that they find in Prometheus and I was like oh cool like it's the same like oh the little connections so like that's cool but I think when I'm watching Alien I'm not thinking to myself like well yeah you are thinking to yourself like oh I wonder how this got here but that's the, that's like the mystery that's part of the mystery of it I don't think they need to make four movies to explain it. Yeah, it just it takes away the mystery and makes everything less compelling. You know, something about like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that these kids just kind of stumble into the situation. That one, the original doesn't even play into the whole, well, they had sex and they're doing drugs and all of this stuff, so they deserve to die like a lot of the other original slasher films did. It was just like this horrific thing happened to some relatively nice people and, you know, even the way that she gets out of it, the final girl at the end, it's not really anything that's like some smart, cunning thing. She just happens to escape and fall out of the situation. And kind of the randomness of the whole thing was what was really terrifying to me the first time I watched it. And so, like, I guess it's kind of interesting to learn where these aliens came from. But, like, did we need that at all? We won't spoil. We, we haven't spoiled Alien Covenant yet, but we will spoil the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Um, well, I, I thought that with Prometheus and Alien Covenant, it's like they're the purpose of those movies, even though, yes, they are prequels. Yes, they're explaining where these aliens came from. I think the the purpose of them is more it's asking like it's trying to pose this different question, which is like just about the nature of creation in general. Like that's what the movies are focused on, even though they are in the same universe. They did ha- like timeline wise. They happened before the original alien movie it's like they're kind of they're not just prequels they're like their own kind of standalone movies as well yeah and i think that questions about the nature of creation are not in ridley scott's wheelhouse (laughs) like like it's kind of interesting 
and we should get into spoilers soon so we can like really talk about this. But it was kind of like, oh, you took like a philosophy 101 class and now you want to make a film about it. Like, <laughs> where did we come from? What does it mean? What does AI mean? Is What if it gets smarter than us? Like, you know, all these things. It's just like it wasn't put together in an interesting enough package to to really keep my attention even though it's like it's totally fine like i finished the film and i was like that was fine i enjoyed that i i wish they kept the tension of the first you know third 40 minutes or so of the film but then i don't know it just it just felt like they didn't know what it wanted to say it puts out some plot threads that it doesn't really follow up on and some themes that it doesn't like really follow up on and it just didn't work for me i I think my biggest issue with prometheus was that we're supposed to believe that this is a crew of like the smartest and brightest and best <laughs> that earth has to offer. And they, they proceed on this alien planet in some of the most foolish ways anybody possibly could. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like Ridley Scott was like, I'm going to do more of that. I'm going to do twice oh, yeah. as much of that in the new film. And I can't wait to pick that apart. So it, it just, it didn't work for me. If you're an alien completist, you got to see it. I still think it's a fun ride overall. You should see what he's done. But overall, it was a bit of a disappointment. And I, I wish that someone else would take the helm on this series because I think it has so much potential that is being wasted. Well, let's let's get into the spoilers because I want to talk about this crew. <laughs> All right. So spoilers for Alien Covenant starting right now. So, yes, the crew of Prometheus is most certainly the most incompetible, in, incompetent, incompetible, I don't know if that's a word, the most incompetent crew to run a, to head a trillion dollar mission. Um, <laughs> and I think they did a little bit better with, they did a little bit better with Covenant, but they're still like, <laughs> like everyone on that, that crew is a couple with someone else. And they really played up the whole, like, no, my partner died. Like, the third time that it happened, I was like, okay, like, we get it. That's sad. But sorry, Danny McBride. I, don't, I just don't care as much as when the first, when, uh, what's his name? James Franco died. Yeah. And so weird. I mean, I, I love it when a movie does a bait and switch like that, when they have some big name and then they die in the first 10, 15 minutes. You're like, oh, shit. Like, they're doing that. This is the type of movie we're in. But it's weird that they didn't give us any time with James Franco before killing him. I didn't like that. It kind of like it kind of it took me out of the movie because I was like, oh, that's James Franco. Like, James Franco (laughs) just died. There's James Franco climbing a rock. And then now he's now he's just a burned corpse of James Franco. Like, yeah, it was like. I was so I I'm someone who generally tries to avoid trailers of things I know I want to see. I didn't see a single trailer for this film going in, yeah. but I did see the promo still of like you know pr- announcing the crew of the new Alien film, and James Franco was in that. So when I saw that pod catch fire, I was like, "Was that James Franco?" Like, <laughs> it was just this really awkward, weird moment. I was like. Oh, like they didn't even give you a chance to think that he was going to be the leading man in this film. Like he's just killed before you even really know who it is. Yeah. It was just like a really odd way to pull that move. And it's like, like, think about if it was, I don't know, if it was like The Rock or someone like that. It just, it just pulls you out of the movie and you're like, oh, that's The Rock. Like that's Dwayne Johnson. That's not the the husband of this this person that I'm supposed to be like sad for this is this other person that I I know who this person is so it's like I couldn't really I don't know it made it harder for me to to empathize with Danny also 
one of my few qualms with this movie besides that is that uh, the only two people left alive are Danny McBride and the character Danny. <laughs> and for some reason, I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get past how Danny McBride's character had to keep saying Danny all the time. Cause you, you couldn't, you could ask me, I have no idea what his character's name was in the movie. The whole time I was just like, Oh, that's Danny McBride. I don't know what that other actress's name, real name is, but I know that her name is Danny. So it's like that really, uh, I don't know. That really bothered me. That's like in, uh, the original alien, how the main character's name is, Ri- uh, what Ripley. Uh huh. And it's directed by Ridley Scott. I don't know. Coincidence. Who knows? I really- love how this this is like the most nitpicky of nits to pick, and I'm glad <laughs> this is happening on our first episode, Paul. <laughs> it's just the, the, like the movie overall, pretty good. The crew still too incompetent for my liking. Like they just go on this alien planet and just start touching stuff, and just really like when both both of the military guys that get infected with the virus, like why are they trying to pass it off like they're okay? Like the one guy is so clearly getting ill like um the guy that's with the the first guy that gets infected he's like so clearly ill but he's like no no i'm okay like why what you're on an alien planet that you that no one's ever or you think no one's ever been on before and you've just like you're getting sick it's like shouldn't you be alarmed about that but instead you're like no i'm fine as he like stumbles and passes out it's like oh i'm okay it's just i don't know yeah, I mean, Paul, first rule of going to any alien planet is, one, don't wear a helmet, and two, touch everything. <laughs> so yeah. I, uh, upon rewatching the first one, when they enter this planet, uh, and first one I mean alien, they they enter this planet and they're spoiling the ship, they're wearing these clunky, thick spacesuits with these giant you know, fish globe helmets and... And you're like, yeah, that's what you would wear. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know what's in the atmosphere. I think there was one throwaway line in Covenant that was like, the scans are clear. And it's like, okay, let's just go down wearing nice hats. How about nice yeah. hats on our head instead? <laughs> it was just like, really? Like, you're not even going to bring a helmet for, like, a backup. You're not just going to check it out. And I don't know. It, it just was like, uh and, and it's funny because that sequence was actually my favorite. For me, where the film came alive was – from the moment they landed on the planet, I loved the look of the planet. I love the color palette they chose. I just, the giant wheat, it worked for me. It totally worked for me. It felt super tense. It felt so tense. And then like everything leading up until the point, basically when their, their lander shuttle explodes. Yeah. Worked, worked for me so well, even though some really incompetent moves were made regarding the sick bay. But like when that guy was getting, whatever the alien bursting out of him in the sick bay and the other person stuck inside. And you're like, Oh, there's the moral dilemma of if we should let her out or not, which is also something they borrow from the first one. And you're like, Oh, this is so great. It's tense moral dilemmas. And it's, it's things are going horribly wrong and what's going on. And like, I was like shaking and rocking back and forth in my seat. I thought that was such a good sequence. So well done. Even if it is so weird that she wouldn't let her out of the sick bay. And then she runs away, gets a gun, comes back and sees that the person in the sick bay is dead, and then she's like, well, screw the quarantine, I'm just going to go in with this gun, <laughs> when there's no reason to go in the quarantine now. It's like, keep that alien in the quarantine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to say something uh, about the wheat. The wheat, like, <laughs> I, I laughed, I think, out loud. I was in the movie theater with one of my friends, and then there was two other people, and I think I laughed out loud when the guy said, when, like, the the army sergeant or whoever was leading that was like, 
I know wheat and this is wheat. And I was, I laughed and I turned to my friend and I said, I want to know more about this guy's backstory. <laughs> How does he, he know wheat severe, so well? He has a severe gluten intolerance. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I know what you mean. And, and it like, it, it, uh, as soon as the alien came out and you, I think you had told this to me before, um, before I even watched it. But one of the things that the, like the original movies are the, one of the things that makes them better. One of the many things that makes them better is that in the original movies, you know, it's like there are people in rubber suits or puppets playing these, playing the alien creatures. And they have to like, because it is real people or real puppets, they are following like the conventions of physics and they cannot do these physics divine defying feats. And with the CGI, even though it's like, CGI is so good now and it's so realistic. It makes it less realistic kind of because when you watch these alien moves, like the little, the tiny aliens or the bigger ones, it's like they move the way that they move is, is physics defying. And they, they like, you can't imagine seeing something like that because physically it would be impossible for something to move like that. Yeah. I did mind the little alien, the very first kind of pale one that we saw like that. It worked for me, even though it wasn't my favorite you know, I'm not a huge CG fan when when employed in such a overt way, when it's just like the focal point of something, yeah. you know? Yeah. But but and so the reason why the film first lost me at the nighttime scene, so it, it like not even when David shoots up the flare, like that's when it went really fell apart for me. But like that first nighttime attack scene, the aliens were just so fast. And they were yeah. too fast. And yeah. it was shot kind of shakily and too furious. It it didn't work for me. And and this film kind of suffers from the same thing that the Star Wars prequels suffered from. Uh, obviously, the Star Wars prequels had many problems, but you're watching them. You're like, wow, the technology before the original films was way better. And everything looks way cooler and they have much more interesting armor and ships and all these things. And it's like you still you need to hold back a little bit mm-hmm. and every everything about the aliens for the most part was like superior in these prequels and we're we're led to believe that they're evolving up into the point of what we see in the original alien but the original alien the monster moves kind of slow mm-hmm. and creaky and and this one they're just like hyper and like skittering all over the place and they can run fast and catch a spaceship and and it it if we're led to believe that David has been conducting these experiments to create this perfect being, it seems like such a step backwards to go from, from these spores that go in through someone's ear and then have a gestation period of like half an hour, maybe (laughs) to these eggs where the face hugger jumps out and then has to like have the person laying on the table in the original for like, what, like at least five, six, if not 24 hours. I don't know if they ever set a time. And then they, then that person gets up and they're fine. And then the chest burster happens. It's like, it's so much less practical to do that. But so, but, so why, why is the, why are the aliens evolving in that way? I mean, the reason is, is because like in today's movies, like everything has to happen so fast and, and they kind of, cause, cause I watched the, the alien, the original movie, like a day or two after I watched the new one. And it's just such a, like, Compared to Alien Covenant, nothing happens in the original Alien movie. It's like the guy, one guy gets infected, 
and four people, like four or five people die and like, and then one person escapes compared to that's like five minutes of alien covenant. And that was like the whole alien movie. And it's just because this attitude that in, in today, it's like, we have to action pack all these movies and so much stuff has to happen that like you said, it's like the aliens have to go from the face huggers to the full grown aliens in like two minutes. Which also didn't make sense how that full-grown alien is on the at the at the very end of the movie. Like, how did that alien grow so fast? Yeah, I don't know how that alien grew so fast. I mean, it's weird that. Okay, can we talk about how weird it is and just incompetent that the the leader of the ship sees David talking to an alien and then sees like one of his crewmates dead. And then it's like, yeah, I'll follow you into this dark room. Yeah. I'll look in this weird pulsating yeah. egg. Like nothing could possibly be going wrong here. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I get you're curious about what's inside of this thing, but like you should be super cautious about this. Like you should not be trusting David whatsoever. Yeah. He says, and David says like, trust me, nothing will happen or something like that. It's like, wow. Why would you it's trust the magic him? words? <laughs> it's like you literally just saw him like communicating with the other alien. It's like, you know, something's up. Yeah. That part didn't really make that much sense. I'll also say um, if, if you have not seen alien covenant, but you are for some reason listening to us spoil alien covenant for you, make sure you watch Prometheus first and make sure you watched it recently because it's not really there's a lot of like there's a lot of scenes that don't that make it not a standalone movie like i don't know why i went into this and i've seen prometheus but i saw it like when it was in theaters and that's like four or five years ago um so i don't remember exactly what happened in prometheus so there were moments like when it flash when it flashes back to david unleashing the virus on all the the engineers and i was like what is going on right now like what am i watching like why is this happening and I also spent the entire movie thinking that they were on the same planet that Prometheus took place on and uh, only afterwards figured out that it wasn't. So if you're going to watch Alien Covenant, definitely make sure you've brushed up on your Prometheus uh, lore because it follows and references it very heavily. Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that section was also confusing. Like once that was happening, I was like, did I fall asleep for a few minutes? Because I feel <laughs> like I'm not following where this story is going. And I had to afterwards go online and, and go look at those articles that are like the connections between Prometheus and Alien. And, and even with all of those things explained, it still feels like it was poorly done. Like the connective tissue wasn't really there. And it just, it, it I don't know. It, it And again, that whole plot line to me is just very uninteresting. I don't think it was explored in a, a great way. I like the questions. I like the questions of like, you know, what happens when our creations become smarter than us. And I did really like that opening scene when they're having the conversation and then he's like, you need to get my tea right now. And you're like, Ooh, like, you know, just sort of seeing the disdain in David's face. And mm -hmm. like, to me, that was interesting. I did like that opening, but it, it, the, the way they realized these themes, it didn't work. I, I will say though, like, I really like, the whole, like, this all happened, this whole thing all happened because David wants to create something and how it's like, as a AI, he's not allowed to create anything, but he's like kind of breaking, breaking that rule in order to create what he's saying is like the perfect creation. I kind of like, I kind of like that. I like how it's like the engineers created humanity, humanity created 
the AI and now the AI is creating the thing that's going to destroy humanity. Yeah, I just feel like it wasn't explored in a really compelling way. It, it was like shoehorned into an alien film. Well, we got two more movies to explore it, Andy. <laughs> Can't wait to pick them apart, Paul. I'll also say I uh, was very un- like I enjoyed this movie. I did enjoy this movie. I was uncomfortable with the Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender kiss scene that <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought that was actually pretty well done because you're so used to seeing the way that that type of thing used to be filmed, where there's kind of one character on one side of the screen, one on the other, or you're looking over the shoulder of one. So you don't see the face and they had them like interacting and handing things to each other and holding the flute. And like, technically I felt, that that was an impressive scene, even if the dialogue was like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can I tell you something embarrassing, Andy? Please do. I uh, did not realize until after the movie that they were both Michael Fassbender. I thought one was a Michael Fassbender lookalike and, uh, <laughs> and just looked, they just found someone that looked very similar to him with a different accent, with a different accent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, Paul. Was it you that told me? I forget. Someone mentioned to me. I was like, yeah, you can clearly tell that David is the evil one because or someone said to me, I was like, yeah, they made Michael Fassbender a good guy in this movie by giving him not an evil British accent and giving him a different accent. And that's how you know he's a good character. Paul, I'm starting to question your facial recognition skills because you also said that you couldn't recognize that Grand Moff Tarkin was a CGI character in the most recent Star Wars. No, I knew that he was a CGI character. I didn't know that Princess Leia was a CGI character. Okay. I, th- right. I thought still, that still questionable. I thought that she was just a heavily made up person. Um, <laughs> I thought that she was heavily made up with makeup, but in fact she was, he- she was actually made up with computers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, do we have any other nits to pick? I don't know. I like this movie. So F you, Andy. I just I just loved that first one rewatching it it really just brought back all these memories of like the terror and the suspense of the first one and just that moment when they're the face hugger is wrapping its tentacle around um John Hurt's neck and they cut it and then it bleeds and then it's following the blood going through you know two or three levels of the ship and and realizing how screwed they are because they can't just shoot this thing they have to figure out they have to outsmart it and track it and get it out of the ship and it just it it felt very smart and very tense and very claustrophobic and i know not every alien film needs to be the same thing i do love how aliens is like this nice big action film and personally i do like three and four even though i know that they aren't (laughs) widely loved by a lot of people, but I still think they have interesting things to offer. Yeah. And then I don't know. I just, I wish they would kind of go back to that format of giving each film to a different, interesting up and coming kind of auteur director, which, you know, instead of just be like, ah, Ridley Scott, it's yours. Do whatever you want for these next four movies or however many you want to do. He's actually said that he's like, I could go for six more if they would let me. So you know, I just wish that they would take some chances on other directors. Like originally Neil Blomkamp from District 9 was supposed to do Alien Ooh. 5. And not that he has had the best track record of the last few films he's done, but I still would rather see a new face take on Alien than give it back to Ridley Scott, who seems to be kind of running out of ideas. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I wanted to tell you what my favorite part of my favorite part of the original Alien movie 
was that one guy when the face hugger was um when they first experienced the face hugger and then the one guy that was in the ship just kept saying why don't we put this guy in a freezer guys why don't we put him in a freezer and he says it like six or seven times and it's great and why didn't they put him in a freezer it's a good well they didn't, probably didn't put him in a freezer because ash doesn't actually want him to freeze and wants to see what happens yeah, I did see hints of David in Ash. Like I did, like I kind of forgotten about that aspect of the original film. So, so I did enjoy that. I guess I did like that. That is now like a consistent theme between some of these films is yeah. seeing, you know. But but that's also an android that is following orders from some other, you know, from the corporation yeah. or wherever, and not disobeying them like David was. Yeah, I I did not. It, it, the original Alien movie, when I was watching it, I was like, I wish so badly I could watch this movie not knowing that the alien was going to burst out of the guy's chest because that was probably the most terrifying thing if you did not know that that was about to happen. But I did not know that Ash was an android. So when, when he starts sweating milk and then his head gets ripped off, I was like, my God. I loved how they showed the innards and like, yeah, the milky stuff and these, these weird, like clear balls and Mm -hmm. tendons and all that stuff. Such a cool look for an Android. Yeah. The, the, the special effects in the original alien movie is like mind blowing. Like just when they're dissecting the face hugger and it's just like, everything is so well done. The only thing that made me laugh was when the chest burster like runs off screen. (laughs) (laughs) It's clearly just like a puppet on a stick that they just move the stick. (laughs) Yeah, that did make me laugh too. (laughs) I wish it had like a zoom, like sound effect or something. (laughs) Exactly. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. Let us know what nits we forgot to pick. You can send us an email, epicnitpick at gmail.com. All right, so this epic nitpick has come to an end. We'll see you next time.